This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back, guys. DGS and KMOX 404. Our buddy Brian Kilmeade joins us. Brian's show can be heard on 97.1 down the hall, 9 a.m. to noon. Also, of course, on Fox and Friends and Fox Nation on the Fox Mothership. Brian, great to talk to you, buddy. Uh, Dave, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So, so much ground to cover, as you know, uh, right? So I'm just going to, let's just start out with just the softball. Uh, Tell me just how you found out about the Israeli war and take it from there, how your views, takes have evolved since then, given all the events on the ground. You just got to keep your uh, eye on on the action and, and just understand what started this whole thing one of the most vicious massacres in the history of my, uh, in, in our lifetimes. I mean, you have to do something medieval to be this evil. And you're talking about all the ISIS executions uh, together in one day within a few hours at the time in which one of the most secure places on the planet with the best military and intelligence we thought couldn't have been more vulnerable, which I still can't get my head around. And, before they could even think about retribution, they were told to rein it in. And to see these protests, and I know they don't speak for the majority of the people. I know uh, 17 points, uh, uh, The I'm looking at the polls. I think the last poll I saw, Democrats are now 58% approved uh, of Israel. It's up 17 points. For Republicans, it was already at 84%, so it's even higher. So people, most people are rallying around it. But I'm walking through Times Square hearing people chant for Palestine, holding Hamas flags. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I missing? I mean, did you just see that these babies were murdered and these women, a pregnant woman had a, a, a uh, fetus cut out of her, the kid shot, and then the woman killed? I mean, you can't come up with this type of depravity in the most vicious movie ever could ever constructed or imagined. And yet people are still telling making believe that Israel's the bad person for colonizing? Has anyone read history, uh, recent history, as well as uh, ancient history? And to think that people are trying to legitimize what happened? And to me, this is it. I mean, this is like every day, you know, a Hamas attack. There's too much. Uh, the, the restrictions are too great. Hezbollah is building up, sending rockets in. This is it. Uh, I think that Israel is going to end up in a two-front war. And they're better off doing this now on both fronts than waiting five years. And I think that the fact that our bases got hit in Iraq, 
uh, from Yemen. Our ship was coming into theater, uh, and it was uh, and it was hit. We were able to repel the drone attacks and some rockets. We're under attack. They're looking at us as vulnerable, and the only way to to quiet this whole thing down is hit back hard and in a devastating way, a Suleimani type of hit. Going out, talking about it, trying to do introspection on what's wrong with America and what's wrong with this past president, this current president, and that that president is just wrong. Uh, there's right and wrong. If that hospital was hit by the Israelis, you know not in a million years were they targeting it, but it wasn't hit by the Israelis. And within minutes, we hear New York Times blazing headlines, Israeli killed 500 in a hospital. And AP does the same thing. And what, what's the result? Our embassy is under attack. What's the result? Uh, our, these heads of state cancel their meeting with our president. What's under attack? The Israelis, the ones who are victims here. And it turns out it was Islamic Jihad, and they were able to produce the intercepts that shows them even admitting it. And we have to understand who the good guys are, and it's us, and it's Israel. And don't get your eye off the ball. Uh, they have no interest in repressing anyone. That's their country. Two-state solution was a possibility, but there's too much terror and too much Iran to make that realistic. So, so that's done. So, Brian, we had a, a long-spirited discussion a few hours ago on the show with the guys and some callers. And it was basically, uh, how can Israel put down Hamas in such a way that they spare as many innocent Palestinian lives as possible uh, don't get caught in some sort of an Afghanistan-like quagmire and don't fall into some sort of a uh, military or PR trap. Uh, I know you're not a military guy, but what are your thoughts on that? Well, a couple of things on that. Number one, you're 100% right. You can't just go ahead and carpet bomb the whole place like it's World War II. But if you do think about it, the last time we decisively won a war was World War II. Every time else, we're doing surgical, we're doing humanitarian approaches, and we get no appreciation for it except for, wow, why didn't we win decisively? Well, we wanted to empower people. We wanted to build up a government. We didn't want to kill everybody. They were dressed like civilians. They end up being suicide bombers. Uh, instead of just, hey, Berlin has got Nazis. Let's, let's, just, call, let's just level the place. Uh, even though they're not all Nazis, even though they for wish they weren't uh, subjected to Hitler, we just freaking devastated it and as did the russians as did the nazis uh, there was just flat out war there'll be a winner and loser i think they got to be smart but they're going to be heavy-handed i think they already started by saying everybody moves south i think they already started by trying to get the egyptians to open up their gate and i also think that they've gotten some intelligence on, on where these hamas guys are located but keep in mind dave there's only one side trying not to kill civilians the other is making it their objective to kill civilians. They weren't going for the military. They got some, got 299. But the rest of the thousands were women in wheelchairs, babies, pedestrians, most of them ironically very liberal, some of which were Arab. And they just killed them. And they aimed for them. You're talking about, and you're debating admirably because we're in the West and we're civilized. You're saying, how do we kill as few civilians as possible? Just so you know, the people we're fighting want to kill as many as possible. So when we don't do it right, meaning we, the West, in this case, our ally, we feel terrible. We, people get fired. They get demoted. Uh, uh, politicians get thrown out of office. 
there they get they get awards. Uh, they go to heaven. They get promotions. They get money. So that's the problem. We have the same objective to wipe out a terror unit. Their unit is to kill as many civilians as possible. So you got to move them out. You got to take them out, and you got to hope that Hamas doesn't hide behind old women and hostages, and somehow tries to have the courage to to stand up and and fight. And if they can weed them out and get them out, the whole world would be a better place. But you realize the problem. If the engine of the terror is Iran, and they only understand force, so you can't take over the whole place, as Petraeus told me yesterday, and not have a plan like we did in Iraq. We didn't have a good plan. We just thought it was going to happen. It'll end up being nonstop you know, terror attacks. If so you've you got to uh, neutralize Iran and wipe that place out without killing civilians. If you're just tuning in, we're talking to our pal, Brian Kilmeade. Uh, Kevin Wheeler, you have a question? Yeah, Brian, I, I thought it would be interesting just along the topic you were just on uh, to let our listeners in a little bit on the conversation you had uh, with Masab Hassan Youssef, who's one of the, as a son of one of the founders of Hamas, who you interviewed, and I thought that was fascinating. Thanks. I really picked, uh, you guys should pick up the book. It was from a few years ago. I kept his number. And he, his, his father was one of the founders of Hamas in the 80s. Do you believe this? And he was a prince. He says, wherever I walked, I was walking on water. I was treated fantastic. So I became a terrorist, too, and I got caught. And I was in prison. And at which time, you know, I wasn't talking. And, and the more I realized I listened to these guys and heard their ultimate plan, little by little, I realized I was on the wrong side. He convinced the IDF that he was going to help them. And he won their trust, and he went back in. And he arrest, got his dad arrested. He blew up the whole thing uh, to the point where he got his freedom. He got his identity. He came here. And so secure was I. I brought him to my son's school uh, to talk to them because they were looking at the war on terror and studying. And I said, what if I brought a terrorist, a former terrorist? And he addressed my son's school. And we've stayed in touch since. And you think I'm heavy-handed? This guy says, you don't understand. Don't even think about the PR war until this is done. I'll play, I played some sound bites today. I'll play some more tomorrow and Saturday night at eight o'clock your time. I think I'm having him back. And he says, do you understand with these tunnels? You don't want to go in them. I think you should use gas. You should just gas them. I don't, I'm not sure that's the Geneva Conventions would okay that. But he says, you have to understand what you're up against. And uh, they want civilians to die. But the Israelis have to ignore the PR war and go for total annihilation. That's him saying he knows it means his family will die. Brian, let's bring it back home. There's so many angles you can take on this. You take any that you want, and let's talk about uh, what's going on in the House of Representatives right now. Well, I, it's hard. I mean, I took 20 minutes off. What The latest in the House is, first, the, today during the show, Jim Jordan says, I'm, I'm not withdrawing forever, but I'm withdrawing for now. Then I hear he's coming back when I was on the set with Sandra Smith today, and he's going to give it another shot. And, I, and then I, we hear, forget it, it's going to be, uh, uh, it's going to be this temporary guy who's going to get it, Patrick McHenry, and he doesn't want it, but he'll just do it so we can pass some legislation. And then I just saw that that has been withdrawn. Hmm. And the problem with Jim Jordan and his people is that they started calling up trying to bring the hammer down on, on holdouts. And these guys go, you can't do that. And don't text my wife yeah. and say that my career is going to be over if I don't vote for you. That, that's ridiculous. Uh, I talked to the New York delegation, one guy on camera and three guys off, and they said if it was just us, we'd go, we'd go vote for him. But I'm not going to risk losing my seat when this guy's got no shot. They have not addressed the 
problems with the appropriations bills. They have not addressed the differences that they have just on voting and legislation. He goes, we've got to start addressing the whole caucus, not just the people you like. So there was a problem with the way they feared Jim Jordan would actually be speaker. They wanted Kevin McCarthy to stay because Kevin McCarthy said, listen, I need to I need to help Jim Jordan and I need to help uh, Mike Lowry uh, over in New York. I get it. Jim Jordan has to prove to them that he gets it. Can you deal with people that aren't conservative? And he has not done that by almost all accounts. So they go, why should I put my career in the line of my reelection in trouble? Uh, and by a guy that's telling me, basically, he's not going to deal with me. So then Jim Jordan has come back around and said, well, what do you need? So that's where we're at right now. And it's still, I'm not sure it gets you to 217. Brian, we've been talking, uh, the final question, I'll let you get, get back to what you're doing, but uh, we've been talking more uh, about the independence in the presidential race, uh, RFK Jr. and Cornell West has got a big bunch of money from Harlan Crow. Uh, to what degree do you think they or even the no labels and, and uh, Senator Manchin and Huntsman could play a part as either kingmaker or spoiler come November? If it's, if it's uh, Trump, Biden, you mean? Yes. If it's Trump, Biden is the only way I understand he gets uh, they both get in like the the. Levels. I think it's going to totally reconfigure everything. I think if it's Trump Biden, especially the way Biden has been and uh, with Trump, you know, uh, even though he said it with me and I think he's been good of late, you know, the, uh, the Hezbollah comment saying they're geniuses. You know what he meant? He meant to say they're e- he should have said they're evil, but they're smart. So look out. So that's what he meant. But of course, saying stuff like that, other people don't have the imagination or don't don't understand Trump speak. That type of stuff gets no labels crazy. So I believe that if it is them, I guarantee you no labels is in. If it isn't them, I am not sure. Uh, and I know Manchin, I don't think, can win. Uh, Jim Justice is too popular, still up by 22 points, and he has not declared. So Manchin's in his 70s, so I think that he might think to himself, I'm giving this a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, he's rich already, so what, what would stop him? What, does he want to lose his, his seat? So I think that he might get in there. And, you know, with Joe Lieberman's a frequent guest. And Joe Lieberman wouldn't run, but he'll pick somebody like him. So it might be a legitimate – More, they might be able to take some states. And if I, if I remember, I had the guy on, the, the chairman of No Labels on, and he said he was on all 50 ballots. Some people told me that, that I should go re- uh, research that, and I should have. I apologize. But he told me he's on all 50. Hmm. And then you got RFK Jr. So – and he's working his way on ballots. So he's – this thing is going to be crazy to the end, almost impossible to pull. <laughs> uh, I miss the, I miss the, I miss the old days, man. I mean, we're the same age, and and I tell like Rach, Rach and, and Andrew are in their early thirties. I think I sound like Father Time, but I'm like the eighties, the nineties, early two thousands. It wasn't like this. Like we were like living a real life. Dave, I have to tell you, we don't talk as much as we used to. You do sound you do sound worried. I am. I, I'm worried. I'm worn out. Uh, my kids are my kids are 28 and 18, and I'm worried about you know what the hell the world's going to look like then. And you know what it is, Brian? It's the unforced errors. That's <laughs> you and I are both athletes. That's what I'm tired of. It's one thing if you play someone better than you and they beat you straight up, yeah, but, know, when, know, but when you're the one making the unforced errors, it drives me crazy. You know what? I I wish I came up with that. Uh, that is 100. 
because we used to we used to deal with stuff and go, "Wow, that was smart." I never thought of that. Yeah. Now we're looking at these people and go, "Are you idiots?" Yes. Do you understand? Yeah. Do you understand what's going to happen if you blow up the speaker? Do you understand you have to compromise on something? Do you understand that you can't not call out Iran and expect to have any respect in the Middle East? Do you understand that that, that you got two two Middle East leaders who we give billions of dollars with just to be our friends just embarrassed you in on Air Force One and you have not shown any strength back, which makes them even look uh, worry about how weak we look? Saudi Arabia left our secretary of state out for five hours and we put up with that. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, these are, these are things that we have just shown weakness on. Yeah. I'd rather, I rather, I rather make hustle mistakes. Strength. No doubt. You show strength. We gave you $700 billion a year to build up your defense department. Use it. Show people what we got so they don't mess with us. Yeah. Steal it. Use it on Fox and Friends tomorrow. It'll be a big compliment to me. <laughs> you got it. I'll put you in the bibliography at the end. All right, buddy. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, pal. All right, Saturday at 8. Let me make sure you watch One Nation. You got it, man. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. He's so jealous of me. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, handed him an award, Dave. That was, that was a nice moment between the two of you, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're pals. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you know what? Speaking of Fox News, mm-hmm. Brett Bear. <laughs> I love Brett, by the way. He's, he's my guy. I, I love Brett Bear. But it was in the news last night that he put up his house for sale for $31.9 million. Whoa. And if it sells for that, it'll be the most expensive home in D.C. So I knew he made a lot of money, but I didn't know he made that kind of money. And so evidently Brett makes $14 million a year. It's fine. He's, he's a big deal. But he started in like 2006 for eight grand a year. Wow. And Oof. then he went to like... 32 grand a year and then somehow he made it to 14 million i'm doing this wrong (laughs) i mean that's nuts isn't it good for brett good for brett maybe he'll get divorced i can marry him uh (laughs) hey i'm wide open no pun uh the air with brian kilmeade pretty big deal on fox news you may wonder what i do right after that and here's exactly what i did I have a little talk back button with Andrew, and I, I hit it, and I go, <laughs> "Hey Andrew, who sings this song?" <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Yeah, <laughs> this is what we do when we're not working. Yep. A woman has gone viral for asking her male dates for references from at least three other women before going out on a date with them. Why would you want that? To- As a man. Or as a woman, like, why would you want to hear? Who wants to hear from exes? Right. Like, the, it didn't work out for a reason. Did you say she got arrested? What's that? What are you no, I said, about? who wants to hear from exes? No, did Dave say that? Whoa. You said that, did you say the woman got arrested for that? No. Oh, I swear. I thought I heard <laughs> You're you being arrested for not minding your own business. <laughs> yeah. She got arrested for asking that. Yeah, I said I she's, like, going, she's going viral. Okay. Uh, why are we seeing so much crazy dating stuff lately? It feels because like that's really been... It's because of the internet. People are becoming, like, indoctrinated by the worst dating advice you've ever heard in your life. Because I know it because I see it on TikTok, and I'm mm. like, this is psychotic. I don't know why we just see things online and we're like, oh, yeah, this is the way things should be. And it, it doesn't make any sense in real life, but we just convince ourselves that, <laughs> I don't know. 
Could you imagine being someone's ex and getting a questionnaire? Like, could you please give me a reference on Jim? Right. It's I like would block it's that. like only getting references from jobs who fired you. Right. I would right. block that person so fast. DGS 440, uh, Halloween season coming up. Looking a little bit Halloweeny out there right now. Uh, rather than doing one show, which is what we've typically done for the past 23 years, we're going to spread it out over about five days. It'll start next Tuesday, Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. And the plan is we are going to do from 4.30 to 5 uh, every day. And then on Halloween, we'll do an hour, do 4 to 5. That's when I'll be telling my spooky stories and we'll, we'll have a couple of other listener stories. Uh, we recorded a gentleman today who had a, I thought was a great story. He was completely credible, uh, multi-layered, really interesting. Uh, let's play a little clip of that. And I was walking down one of the long hallways there, and you know, it's it's all wooden and it's dark and it's three o'clock in the morning. He was as real as as whoever is standing right next to you. And then the next moment, there was nothing there. He was just perfectly visible to me until you get down to about his knees, and there were there were nothing from the knees down. He was just floating towards me. It, it's real. I mean, I saw it. I know what I saw. I'm not crazy or certainly not any more crazy than the next guy. And so I'm I'm, I'm less skeptic now. So we'll be recording listeners stories. What are you, Andrew, was your idea? Uh, the To name it? Yeah. Campfire stories. I would have liked it better if he hadn't been so jazz hands. Yeah, he's like, hey, yeah. campfire yeah. stories. You should have said it spooky like. Yeah. yeah. Campfire stories. Do it like Vincent Price. We like campfire stories. Campfire stories. Campfire stories. <laughs> so if you would like to uh, tell us your story, you can just send us a text. In fact, that gentleman sent us a one-sentence text or uh, yeah. email. And we're like, good enough. Uh, go to DGSHalloween at gmail.com and send us something and we'll interview you and maybe you'll be on the show. Been a heavy day on the show. You want some stupid stuff? Yeah. Yes. A man named Johnny Yates was hiding from the cops in Florida by putting up a whiteboard that said, Johnny Yates does not live here. Florida man. He was there. And uh, <laughs> when they went inside, they found him inside of a chest of drawers. Well, he had a plan. It wasn't a great plan, but... <laughs> he did take steps. Yeah. You got to respect it. Hey, guys, I'm not here. I am, I am dresser. You're not. Leave me, leave me alone. They'll I am never dresser. check in here. Things like this make me crazy. A uh, psychologist, a psychologist, claims that the way you butter your toast tells him everything he needs to know about oh. your personality. I hate stuff like that, Me too. too. Enlighten us, does he say? I've got every example if you want it. Just a couple. Okay. Um, the glider. The glider. You toss uh, some butter on it, you glide it across the bread once or twice, and you eat it. It means you're laid back, easygoing, and okay with change. Okay. The clumper. Minimal spreading. Just one or two pats of butter mashed into the bread. You think outside the box, and you like to do things your own way. You also tend to be a late a lot. <laughs> you tend to be late a lot? Late a is lot. There, is there one that's like you make sure every inch is covered? Total coverage. Okay. Every square inch of the bread must have butter. You're methodical, precise, organized, and like to be in control. I mean, <laughs> it's not wrong. Did they nail you? <laughs> A lot of that, like to be in control. Anyone else? I don't know how I butter bread. I've never, you know, taken stock of it as I'm doing it. 
I have I no have idea. Say, I guess more, it depends on the butter. Yeah, I guess I do it the clumpy way. Yeah. If the butter is melted, then I think I'm the first one. If it's still cold, I think I'm I think I'm in team clump at that point. Here's a little hack I made up. If it's if it's hard butter as opposed to like the the mm. spreadable, yeah. put a couple pats on it and then put it back on the warm yes. toaster. Yeah. Mm. I didn't make that up. Mm, it's a good idea. Other people do that. Crap. Dave's just watching his million dollar ideas. Also, the best way to make your toast in the frying pan. In the frying pan. Who's got time for that? You just butter it. That's why they invented toasters, Kevin. It takes the same amount of time. Oh, it doesn't take the same amount of time. It does. And the point of the toaster is that you drop it in the toaster, then you can go do other stuff. I know, I know, I know, but it's way better that way, I'm telling you. Uh, New TikTok trend that I hate. Uh, People want dimples. So uh, there's something called a dimple maker that they're selling on Etsy. Uh, it works by pinching your cheek from the outside and the inside, uh. thus creating a temporary dent. So a hole punch for your face. <laughs> you guys, uh, oof. Did you guys hear of bone smashing? No. That's another TikTok thing. and I'm not kidding. People are using hammers to reshape their faces. What? Because if you break the bones a little bit, they grow in, you know, like they will grow more the way you want. And doctors say, this is insane. It doesn't work. Don't do it. But it's a thing. I can't believe one person has done that. Yeah. I almost I mean, don't believe you. Legitimate, have- legitimate doctors were commenting on it in a, in a news story mm. saying, don't do this. It's terrible. It won't work the way you want it to. And by the way, it's also just bad for people. If you bone smash, don't you deserve everything you get? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Do you think we're just doomed for the rest of humanity to be completely obsessed with the way we look just because it, technology seems to be exacerbating it? I mean, I know people have always tried to look a certain way, but it just feels like looking at yourself in a filter or looking at other people on Instagram or something is there's changing a, our brains. There's a really great movie from the 70s called Logan's Run. And the whole premise is there's not enough resources, so you live until you're 30 and then you go to Carousel, where you put on a weird outfit and you get killed by a laser. Okay. And uh, when you're turning 30, there's a little light in your palm and it starts flashing. And they have these guys called the somethings, and Logan's one of them. And if you run, like, I want to live, they run, they chase you down, they get you. Uh and they have uh, this thing in your apartment where it's almost like Tinder, where you see a hologram of someone and you're like, mm, yes, please. And then they walk out into your bedroom and you do what you're going to do. Why am I telling this story? I forgot. <laughs> what was the connotation? Bone Rachel asked crushing. if we were looking Rachel at your appearance. We were always yes, obsessed with appearances. Yes. They, uh, in this world, you can go to a doctor and they use lasers and they can make you look like Anything you want to look like. And Farrah Fawcett plays uh, the doctor, or at least someone. But everyone's beautiful, and everyone's hooking up, and um, then you die when you're 30. All right. Oh, no. How do you feel about that? Not that part. Not great, being past 30. I'd say I'd be 21 (laughs) years dead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't think any of us are thrilled about that world. I could see that happening, though. Like, I could, honestly, like... In the next 20, 30 years, imagine, because now they're already robots are doing lots of surgeries, uh, that if plastic surgery advances, AI, like think about that, AI is hooked up to like scalpels and lasers, and you put in a picture of George Clooney or Farrah Fawcett or whoever, and it just goes zip, 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 and there you go. Would you do it? Any chance? No. I mean, it sounds nice, but I've made it this long with this face. I might as well keep it. 
I, um, I'd, I'm I'd, 100% going Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, I'd do it. I'll go Farrah Fawcett. Probably, yeah. It'll be weird when we go to lunch then if we both look like Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> we all have the long, flowing blonde hair. Finally, there's hey, new, we'll all be on a poster. A new food festival coming to L.A. called Chain Fest. Uh, every participant is Chili's, Panda Express, Pizza Hut, Red Robin. Uh, not a joke. It's really happening. All the drinks are Pepsi. I, I love it. Yeah, this I love sounds this. like Andrew's dream festival. I mean, yeah, I like, I like all those places, but I don't need a festival to know. I know what I'm they going, got. I'm going to this like people would go to Woodstock or, <laughs> or like uh, Coachella. I'm getting a tent. It's I'm, Andrew's Burning Man. I'm bringing a tent and a camper, and I'm... <laughs> I'm in it for the weekend. There's been Not some showering. terrible weather hit uh, Chain Fest. Only one man's affected. <laughs> oh my He's God. stuck in the mud, but he says that's fine. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.